Welcome to Kidless, a show about creating a life without children. I'm Ashley. And I'm Eric. <laughs> you nailed it. I just nailed it. Okay. Are okay. you ready for this? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling a little insecure today. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes. We have a lot to live up to. Mm. There's like four people that listen to the yeah, first episode. Yeah, we have four fans. Uh-huh. I feel like so. <laughs> don't do not want to let them down. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a huge risk. <laughs> Got a lot to lose. Yeah. How are you feeling this week? What do you mean? I don't know. Going just in into general. This. Yeah, just in general. I'm feeling insecure. Like I'm. I don't know. I'm feeling a little. Um, down on myself or something, I guess, today. So it feels a little scary to do this. Oh. Um, but maybe feel I'll feel better in the end. Why do you feel down on yourself? Um, I think I went to a, well, I went to a professional conference yesterday. And in the end, I just started to really doubt myself. It, and it wasn't even my intelligence or something. It was like the fact that I was wearing green eye makeup and like looked like <laughs> a fucking idiot and <laughs> looked ridiculous. And even though I really liked it in the morning, by the afternoon, I was I thought I was a troll. Uh-huh. And you brought your mermaid energy <laughs> to this. <laughs> I, did. I don't know. Conference. I was really into it. It looked great. I thought it looked outfit. great. Whatever. And then I was writing notes to my friends next to me, tra- needing reassurance from him at the end of the day. <laughs> And one of my best friends texts me after, just keep reassuring me <laughs> that it was okay. Anyway, it's a sad state of affairs. I think the makeup is just a displacement of other kinds of insecurities I was actually having. But And to be in a room full of therapists, I just feel exposed, I think. Yeah. So That's it, a lot. I know. mean, if it makes you feel any better, I still have uh, a zit on my nose. You do. My, my you nose. do. I have a... I have a I have a big nose, which I've embraced mostly in my life. But I will say... It makes you very attractive. <laughs> I don't know about that. It does. But it, um, it's kind of an Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. No, maybe it's not that big. But I will say that when I saw... But it, it does have a certain look like that, which I think is very attractive. <laughs> Luckily, to some people. It I, reads a strength it, to it, me. <laughs> well, it, I, I remember like when he first like hit the scene with the piano that I saw, you know, film representation for the first time. (laughs) (laughs) You can see how important it is to see yourself reflected in film. So I know what it's like for like, you know, minorities (laughs) and people in the the United States to feel represented finally. Yeah. Right. Finally, a white man with a big nose can get the attention he needs. Exactly. Very rare. So anyways, that's how I'm doing. Not that you ask, but. um. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to know. Don't care. Don't care. (laughs) Well, you have no reason to be insecure. I mean, I know it's, you know, useless to say that to people, mm. but mm. I think you're phenomenal. You're sweet. Yeah, I, I am you. sweet. Yeah. Well, well, all right. So what are we, besides insecurities and, uh, you know, telling each other how sweet we are, <laughs> what are we, uh, <laughs> we, uh, I asked you this a hundred times during the week. What are we <laughs> going to talk about? Because I was. It's true. No less than a hundred. I have a long list of shit I want to talk about. Well, and, the, you know. it does get a little confusing because then I start to think all the things I do want to talk about um, with this podcast and it's sort of hard to know where to start. Yeah. But I think yeah. what we decided is 
doing pros cons today. Like where we currently are mm-hmm. with the pros and cons of not having children and sort of how we end up on the no end of things on the no train on the no train mm-hmm. um and now our reasons may shift and change over time you know as we understand ourselves better but um we'll just talk about where we are today yeah with it, how we got here what's going to be fun is when we're in like our 60s and the no train stops and lets us off at yes station and we have no options <laughs> What? <laughs> of not having kids. <laughs> and it's 60. We're oh, finally, like, we're like, yeah, let's yeah, do this. Yeah, like, oh, hey, let's, w- damn it, we should have had kids. We're 60. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. No, we can adopt. Will they even let 60-year-olds adopt? Probably not. This country mm. hates, you know, mm. loving, capable people to be, you know, adopted parents. That's true. <laughs> we hate loving parents. Because in Utah, I mean, it just became legal for homosexuals to adopt, like, a couple of years ago or something. So anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, I, I guess we can explore adoption if this uh, this train ever stops. But um, moving on, pros and cons, we feel like it'll give a, also give a flavor of who we give are. Give a little we'll, background. Yeah, a little background. Because we're, we're still trying to build a, <laughs> we're trying to build an audience here, people. <laughs> <laughs> let us do this. Just let so, us do this. All right. How, however you want to do it, you Go ahead, go for it. I have a, a short list here, and I don't know how you. I think start. we just like go back and forth between the two of us, between our pros and cons, and okay, you know, let it go where it's gonna go. All right, I'll start though. Yeah, hit me. Okay, so this is confusing. How I'm gonna say this is confusing, but like, I'm starting with the pro of not having children. Yeah, that's what. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, we, we're on the same same perspective because okay. we don't have kids, so it's the, right. the pro of our life and the con, and the con right. of our life. Right. So the pro of not having children. Okay. So I am a therapist and I practice in a psychoanalytic way, which means, you know, you get more and more in, into the deep unconscious mind, and then the more you do that, and I am also an analysis where like four times a week, and you just explore your fucking mind. Like crazy. And I realize, <laughs> this is going to get a little weird. I realize there is a whole universe inside of me filled with thoughts and ideas and feelings and how they all connect is sort of amazing. And sort of learning understand to understand that in myself is incredible and takes a lot of time. Totally. And, and I really love witnessing you and doing the same thing where I watch you day after day and see how you put pieces together and how your brain puts pieces together and, you know, see what pops out at any one time and how you act at any one time and what new things get brought into our relationship through you every day. I mean, this is endlessly fascinating to me. Yeah. And so to me, I could spend a lifetime doing that with both of us Mm -hmm. and I don't really need a child in order to, I could do that with a child. I'll do the same thing and be in endlessly fascinated by this new little human. For sure. Um, but yeah. I really like having the time and space to do that with just the two of us. Yeah. So that's one. All right. Great. I've, I've, I fully embrace that and agree with that. Um, so, okay. I mean, and this, uh, yeah, so my first one's going to just be this theme, <laughs> uh-huh. which is selfish time. Mm-hmm. And that, and I think that's the theme of all the, like a lot of the pros as I'm looking at my, uh, at my list here, it's all totally somehow rolls up into making time for myself. So when I say selfish time, 
I mean, you know, I don't mean it in the negative connotation of selfishness, but, you know, in the positive way. Mm-hmm. Of, uh, I, I get to kind of choose to how to spend my time. There's no, you know, I have enough demands between work and you and whatever else that at this point in my life and at this age, if I think of throwing on a completely 100% needy being onto the fire, it's a lot for me to handle. Um, I mean, at the same time, I could probably use a goddamn break of thinking about myself <laughs> and, <laughs> and worrying about, you know, whatever. But but it is something I actually cherish where you kind of have this uh, blank slate almost every day where you say, all right, I can do whatever I want. And, mm-hmm. and I, and I mm-hmm. really, really value that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, selfish time, there's no getting away from it. I mean, that is really valuable. And I don't like calling it that, but it is hard for me to imagine mm-hmm. another person, little human coming in and taking up my time. Um, yeah. When, But not to say that all of that time is filled up <laughs> so productively, productively or no, usefully. No, not at all. By any means. Yeah. So, you know, it's probably just a fear of mine that it would take up all this time. But, you know, it also... I, and you know, and I can feel empty with this extra time, you know, sometimes where we've built our lives to a certain point where we can relax a little in one way, but that means what do we do with ourselves, which I guess is partly what this podcast is about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell do you do? All right. Give me a con. Okay. Um, let's see. Hold on. I should just, okay. So. Well, on the I guess along those same lines, it's the idea of being selfish. Um, there is a, I guess my family, certain mem- most members of my family, would say I'm selfish for not having kids, or that it is generally selfish to not have children. Right. And so being stuck with that label, mm-hmm. you know, from early on and I assume or I worry that other people in the world will also think this about me and I'll never get rid of that. Like you just think I'm selfish because I want to do life like this. And then it makes me think like, Oh, I must really be selfish. I must not be a good person somehow for wanting to have, you know, my life to myself. Mm -hmm. But then the other, you know, so the, argument out of that and how that's not really something I care about so much is there is no, to my mind, no reason to have children that is not selfish. Right. And I say that in a really loving way, like, Mm -hmm. do you, if you, if having kids makes your heart sing, go for it, but it is selfish. Like you're doing it for you or to please other people or which we all do, mm-hmm. you know, which ends up doing something for you, whether it's, you know, for religious reasons or moral reasons or just because you love your family and you want to have your own. Like those are all great reasons, but they're all selfish. They're for you. Yeah. So you just can't get around that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love, I love that point because I, I think that's what, we had discovered when, I don't know what this was, six years ago, maybe, maybe more, 
maybe six or seven years ago when we started like really contemplating children. We're, we're, we're 31, 32, and we're like, are we going to do this actually? Because life's starting to get away from us. We're starting to have these really fun adult relationships and these big groups. And it feels like, you know, this emergence of youth all of a sudden again in our 30s. And then we're like, oh, wait, what about children? And so we started asking these questions of like, why truly do you want to have kids? Why do we want to? And I couldn't come up with an idea that didn't have something to do with, I want to know what he looks like. Mm -hmm. I want to know what she looks Mm -hmm. like or, Mm -hmm. you know, or I want to be able to shape this person, you know, whatever. Right. So, and so I guess, yeah, your, your point is, is that, you know, again, selfish in a positive way. It's, but it's still, it's still, still self-serving to have children. It's, it's not an altruistic endeavor, really. You're not saying like, yeah, I'm going to have this kid and then I'm going to donate it to America to somehow, you know what I right. mean? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go. Th- no, right. you're, you're having children to, to, to love you and to support you and, and everything. And also to reflect, you know, yourself back at you and everything, please other people. There's, there's lots of reasons. So, but that label, I guess, back to your con is, uh, it's tough. It's tough because people look at you, you know, like you're a prick sometimes <laughs> like, Oh, you think you're better than me? You don't have kids. And like, Oh, you know, whatever. And so yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, and it does, it, it, alienates you from like as I was saying about my family who thinks who can think I'm selfish for it you know my mom only finally got up the courage to ask me why I didn't want kids Mm -hmm. like a few years ago and when I said to her this sort of argument that I just laid out it was as though it had never occurred to her to contemplate the decision to have children yeah and so I think it's just so foreign um, or just so automatic to have kids mm-hmm. for some people that it just seems crazy yeah. to not. Yeah. And it does put me at odds and that's, that part feels bad. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of the things that puts me at odds with my family. <laughs> there yeah. are many things, but yeah. that is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point. I don't think, yeah, I don't think my family has ever asked me why I don't like exactly why I don't mm-hmm. have kids. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. We can mm-hmm. talk about that in therapy together. <laughs> <laughs> Just um, all right. Con from me, dynasty. <laughs> Full Tyrion Lannister dynasty. That's what I'm, <laughs> I, I, I recently, not recently, it was two, like two years ago, two years ago, went to a friend's wedding and, you know, I had this experience and this kind of terror of looking around at his aunts and his uncles and his grandparents, their cousins, their brothers, their sisters, everybody's there celebrating him. It's, it's massive. There's, you know, a hundred people and they're all connected and you just see these generations flow down and all these like little teeny kitty kids, so cute and running around and everything is big celebration. And you know, the, the matriarch and the patriarch of the family, you know, get up and they say, you know, whatever, whatever they say at weddings. And I just had this massive, massive shock of like, oh my God, I'm not going to have this. There's Mm -hmm. never going to be a point where Mm -hmm. I am, you know, sitting in my sixties or seventies and looking down and being like, oh, look at this room full of love. And Mm -hmm. I like, this is all continuing and they're all here for me or whatever, you know, again, oh, yeah. selfish, but yeah, that's a, that's a con for me. I'm, 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 I'm sad about that. Yeah. Which is again, like part of what this podcast is about. It's like, okay, 
that is a con for sure. Mm -hmm. And how do you generate something that's lasting that's not through just actual kin yeah or yeah or family members uh, like how do you see yourself sort of continue on mm. but not in that way yeah you yeah because so it is i'm you know and we're you and i are you know pretty pretty decent game of thrones fans and so <laughs> this, <laughs> this we have thing watched of like the entire series three times thrice, through. thrice Anyway, which I think is just a start, but, um, <laughs> but, but like, you know, there, there is this, uh, which I think it's beautiful and romantic. There is this concept on the show and, and, a, and I think it's just common of that time that it's trying to represent that epic. Cause it's also in, you know, other period pieces of, you know, whatever ancient Rome, et cetera, of, will they sing songs about me? Will they, will they talk about me? Will my name die? And that mm-hmm. seems to be a really big thing back then. And now maybe not so much because maybe because, you know, we have all these digital imprints that will last forever. But but yeah, that I, I, I do think there's something to that. And when you think and see, um, yeah, there's a possibility that when I die, pretty much everything about me dies with me. So like how how do you reconcile that and how how do you start creating a life um and does it really matter i don't know you know i'll be dead but it but it is something that kind of haunts me a little bit that um i will die and uh yeah there might be a few people alive that remember me fondly and know enough about me but you know that probably will last you know just a few years uh unless i have you know major major relationships with with young folks yeah i mean but i think that's also the case for anybody even if you have kids like maybe it's a little longer but pretty much your name dies after a while or what people know about you dies yeah you know um the link to you gets a little farther away and lost Mm -hmm. and i think that is a hard thing to come to terms with yeah it is but Um, who fucking cares and uh, yeah i mean that's (laughs) the other end of it is like (laughs) people don't really matter i think okay, so you can't control that. That just sort of happens. Uh So how do you find a way to really make your mark now and appreciate moments now Mm. so that in the end it's like, well, I did it. I lived it. Yeah. I affected people while I was here, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah, right. Again, it's interesting this uh, how self-centered I guess the whole concept is, mm. but life should be self-centered. <clears throat> it's my life. God damn it. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Who else want, is going to live it? Literally want it centered around me. <laughs> it, it can't be anyway. So yeah. Uh, anyway, give us, all right, pro, pro me. Okay. Um, okay. I think it's, uh, it feels, I have always known, I have always said that I did not want kids. I don't know a period in my life where I thought that I did. Um, I remember in high school really vividly being clear, you know, on that and stating that. And that has pretty much always remained. It was only in meeting you that, or at least initially meeting you, where I started to change. That, like, I started to think, like, well, he seems like he'd be a really good dad. And there was that first weekend when we were together in New York and you were visiting, you know, and we were walking around and there's that, we were in Union Square Park or whatever. And it was the, Mm -hmm. 
the um, farmer's market. And I remember having this clear vision of walking around that with you with me with a pregnant belly. That's so weird. I was just thinking about this morning. <laughs> when I woke up, I swear to God, <laughs> that memory popped into my head this yeah. morning. That's weird. I know. And so it was, that was strange. I had never, ever, ever felt that. And I haven't felt that since. I haven't had that kind of vision since. Yeah, but yeah, it was in that. that moment. But I think it was, in a symbolic way, me feeling so filled up with like love and hope Mm -hmm. for you and our life. I mean, that's the vision that came to mind. Um, because in the end I still haven't wanted kids, even though I still think, I do think you'd be a great dad. Um, I would, but, and you'd be a great mom, but I think it was just feeling so happy and at peace with you. Yeah. And like having not felt that for a long time Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm hmm. Yeah, and for those who don't know, this was our first date. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> our very first... No, we'd been, like, on the phone talking. Yeah, right? we had talked on the phone. <laughs> and we had MySpaced mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then this was, like, the first time, like, all right, we're seeing each other not for the first time. This is our first time seeing each other intentionally, um, not by accident meeting each other. And we're walking around Union Square uh, imagining you pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Super chill. Such was. Slow. (laughs) Yeah, just a slow burn of this relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But the point about all of that is that any other, like, attempts to think about kids are just me trying to convince myself out of something I've been clear on. Mm. So it feels inauthentic to in a way it feels inauthentic to have them or to try to convince myself to have them yeah so your your pro is basically you kind of being true to yourself yeah that this feels something i've known about myself Mm -hmm. or known was true yeah well that's good yeah that's interesting i kind of the opposite i've always thought i'd have kids Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until i got to the point where like i said it was passing me and then i thought oh yeah Am I going to do this? And I, I, it was hard to come up with a reason to really do it. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so what am I? What are we at? Pros? Um, oh, living apart. Not like not, not that I want that, but um, and we, I think we need to dedicate a whole episode to this. But we did spend a year apart because of career stuff, um, and we were living in India, and uh, it became very obvious that you. And I both would be better off if you came back to the United States and started working on your career and I continued, you know, my assignment out there. Um, and it sucked and it was hard, but if we had had kids, I don't know if that would have been possible. And so having that possibility, you know, just on the table and, and even now is even as we, you know, in the next few years, who knows what will happen. And I do think it is really nice to have that, you know, that freedom, Mm -hmm. To, po- to possibly say, like, all right, well, shit, I got this amazing opportunity here, and you're kicking ass, um, you know, in your job. But so let's do this. I'll move, and, you know, we'll commute back and forth, and we'll kind of split some time until we figure this out. Um, it just puts, you know, it kind of puts everything um, on the table. I, you know, as far as careers or whatever, um, I could look at it, something and say, okay, there's something amazing in Seattle. I'm going to go do that because it's just, yeah. you know, I, I can't pass it up. 
um, if you have kids, that's so much harder. It puts such a burden on one another. So I like that that thought that we could have that freedom if, if it comes up. Yeah, and I think that probably many parents would say that doesn't feel like a burden. That feels great to think about kids and include them in your life in that way or mm-hmm. and build a life around them or with them. And so I get that. However, I don't, I've never known that. So this feels good to not have that yeah. to worry about or think about. Yeah, totally. All right. Go for it. Go to a con. Con me. Um, well, you kind of touched on this, um, but I'll add to it. So I will not see myself in a child. There is this wish to see myself in a child and in a way to, I really do think that if I had a child, especially a girl and a girl who looked anything like me mm-hmm. and it would, I think it would be healing because I would, I could see how vulnerable and small and cute, you know, a child is and to see, to sort of, it, I think it would make it easier for me to recall what that time of my life was like and um, how hard things were for me and like be a little kinder to myself mm-hmm. um, through that yeah. process. Like I, so I think it would be helpful to me in that way. Um, and I won't get that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it is a, it is a crime against humanity that I don't get a little, a little you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way about you. <laughs> yeah. So it is like, that is such a pull. You know, to just, if I, you know, if we had a little daughter, and for some reason that's, I'm much more into that, you know, um, having a daughter than a, than a little boy. Although a boy would be lovely. Um, a little boy <laughs> like you would be the best thing. But yeah, but what if you had, a, you know, a little, a little boy like you? Um, it'd be a nightmare. <laughs> no. No, it'd be so cute. So anyway, yeah, having a little, a little person of, you know, kind of a mix. I mean, yeah, that's, that's totally a con, um, you know, to the whole. And, then, you know, of course, in the narcissistic way, but also just in the, like, I think it would help me see myself better as a kid. And mm, Yeah, I like that. Um, forgive, like, myself. Yeah, oh, yeah. All the, like, things that I developed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and the shit that you took on and, yeah. the, and that you blamed yourself for or whatever. Right, and, right, um, exactly. Yeah, that that's a good point. I think if I could see you know, some semblance of myself and a small child and, you know, the, the kind of mistakes and decisions and everything and have it being hopefully somewhat objective. I know as parents, you're never objective, but, um, that I could look at that and be like, Oh yeah, that's, well, that's why I made that decision is because I was young. I had a young brain and a young heart and, yeah. you know, and that's, that's, that's why I did that. And it's totally okay. And it doesn't mean anything. Cause, um, cause yeah, you, you carry, major major shame and mm-hmm. and guilt from like you know whatever mm-hmm. you know disrupting an elementary school class or whatever it's small thing yeah i think we so. both carry that and so seeing a kid and i think it would change your perspective on how little power you actually had as a kid mm-hmm. what how you were just trying to please people or please your parents or just get by and i, I it's sort of a complicated thing we'd have to talk more about but mm-hmm. But I'll have to do it without that. I'll have to yeah. do the work of, of figuring that out and seeing myself that way without having a kid. Yeah. Well, that's a, a beautiful lamentation. Um, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's lovely. 
Mm. I think it's lovely to yeah think about the things that you miss out and um, and then be intentional about you know the rest of your life and um, you mm-hmm. know in paying like I guess real respect to that. So mm-hmm. so good one, babe. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, mine's kind of like that, kind of similar. Um, is I have loving and accepting somebody like the way I want to, like a, a child mm-hmm. the way I want to. Totally. You know, and I, you know, I, I had, uh, you know, lots of parenting examples, you know, my parents divorced and remarried. And so I got, I got a, a whole swath of parenting styles and, um, and mixed in that, you know, focusing on positive stuff like that, you know, there's a lot of love from my mother and from, you know, my dad, my stepdad, um, you know, and, and stepmom even, everybody, you know, there's, there's definitely love there. Um, but you know, we, I grew up in a conservative religious household and so Mm -hmm. there's, you know, to an extreme degree by a lot of standards. And so, um, I've always had this fantasy of like, oh my God, I'm going to have a kid and then I'm going to let him or her do anything they want to their hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I, I'm gonna let them dress however they oh, yeah. want. I, because mm-hmm. there's all this pushback, you know, and it's probably more relaxed out there in the world these days, um, because things have progressed even in that teeny weird space of self-expression. But like, but still, you know, from little things like that of like, yeah, if my son wants to have blue hair, have blue hair, like do that. Well, yeah, I think you're saying there's something healing too about figuring out a way to help your child develop and be who they're going to be when we don't feel like we really got that. Well, Mm -hmm. at least I don't really feel like I got that. Like this parent who looked at you and was just trying to figure you out and let you be who you're going to be and support you in developing whatever you're going to develop. Right. Oh, it's so hard to think about how I didn't get that. And then how nice it would be to try and do that with someone, with this little person. And I think so it was like as though it will help cure something mm-hmm. I think in you. Yeah. No, yeah, I think it would. I think it would uh yeah, I guess just like a balance thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to say right the wrong cuz that's not I don't I don't think there's anything wrong. You know, it's just everyone's doing the best they can do um when they parent, right? But but it does feel like in my life it would be this nice balance if I could um have a child and then let it be, be expressive and do whatever it wanted. Um, so anyway, I just think, you know, the world probably needs more of that. Um, and I don't think I'm not really interested. If I were a parent, I would not really be interested in being permissive per se, but I would want, like I would want boundaries for sure. But, oh yeah, yeah. But within the confines of those boundaries, like really letting this person develop and really watching them to be who they are, watching to see who they are. Um, rather than forcing them to be a certain way and ignoring all the things you don't like yeah, in a kid like that. It would be nice to have that mm-hmm. template. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I don't know, but then, but you know, yeah, you know, I, I, I also fear about screwing that up, you know, like what you just said, like, would I have the right boundaries? Would I have enough boundaries? Or would oh, I know. I mean, there are a million things we can mess up. And I do think this goes back to also what I started with, which was, you know, the universe inside of me and the universe inside of you and getting to watch that. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be great to do that with a kid. But you have, there's a lot of responsibility that goes on top of that. Like, you're already a, already a fully formed adult. I don't have to do certain things for you or watch out for you yeah. in the same way. Right. You're on that journey. 
Mostly. I would have to do that with a kid. Mostly fully formed. <laughs> We're on our way. <laughs> Eventually, 50 years. I mean, yeah. for sure, we'll be. <laughs> yeah, by 50. By 50, I'll be a, yeah, an adult. Mm. <laughs> no. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see where I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Do you have uh, one more? One more pro? One more pro. Do I? Um, let's see. I... I think that it's enough for me to have people I love have kids and to watch those kids mm-hmm. and be excited about those kids and see how they develop within the context of their families um, and those and their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I love our little our little people that we get to have in our lives. Yeah, and that feels like enough yeah. for me. At this moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I want more of it. I, I, I wish I were around them more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wish I, yeah, had some more time with, um, yeah, the, the nieces and nephews and, um, surrogate nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. um, out there. But, um, but yeah, so it, it is enough. Uh, like, you know, it does feel like that to me. So. Yeah, so that's a that's that's a, that's a good one. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if I really have another. I mean, uh, yeah, all my the rest of mine are kind of along the same lines. Yeah, I mean, I think all of once you get beyond this, they all sort of fall into the same basket anyway. Right, uh, right. So these see are the sort of the basics. Right, unconditionally love someone, yeah. see myself in someone else, yeah. have time for myself, be self. That's that's kind right. of the main, the main categories. Right, these are the <laughs> themes that sort of emerge. Yeah, yeah. I do, th- I do, I do feel that I, um, I have been able to, you know, self explore and self love more than I would have if I'd had a kid. I think the interesting study could be whether or not that happens. Um, in a different way when you have a child that you do benefit in the same way. You know what I'm trying to say? Like there is some aspect of self-love. So if I'm alone or whatever, I don't have kids. I spend time on myself. I'm therapy. I I do these things. I I really am intentional about taking care of myself. Whereas if I did have kids, I maybe wouldn't have time for that, but maybe there's some, you know, reaction of the kids love that you end up, kind of getting at the same place i, I guess oh, i would I, like to I think, think so. with kids like you just end up learning different things and learning different yeah. things about yourself different things emerge mm-hmm. and so i think anyone who does it will probably feel that that's really valuable and really important to the their formation of self yeah um and we won't have that um we'll have other things mm-hmm. that will help contribute to our sense of self and who we are and our purpose yeah uh so all right bud all right, man. Good one. Good one. All right. Well, thanks for listening. I and think one day we'll probably go more in depth to any one of these little pieces and mm-hmm. maybe do shows related to each thing individually as we develop our ideas. Yeah. Um, but for now. Episode two. Episode two. Down. We down. We did it. We did it. Okay. Um, are we going to do Victor Victim? Oh, my God. The sec the segment. Yeah. Do you have one? Yeah. I got one. Okay. <laughs> so the thing that's been really getting to me this week is um you are literally <laughs> li- 
lights out before you even enter the bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) I'm becoming narcoleptic. (laughs) (laughs) You're like my sister. And it is like, I go to bed thinking we're going to have a nice little time together, have a little cute chat. Maybe you'll do something funny like you do before bed. We'll read. I'll read Bruce. We'll go to... We'll go to sleep. No, no. You are already burrowed in your little comforter burrito <laughs> and buried so deep I will never find you. Mm. <laughs> and out before, I mean, I, I, can't, I mean, it's amazing. I don't know what happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to your anxiety that used to keep you up like a regular person? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what happened to it. But yeah, you're totally right. It's becoming <laughs> worse and worse. Where and I think we should also like set the stage that this is like like eight fifty nine p.m. <laughs> is when this occurs. Yeah, and I'm usually like washing my face because I have a twenty step process. Yeah, you before do. bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but in during that process, I try to break it up so that I'm not doing <laughs> it all at the end, where I can like catch him before he. <laughs> Um, falls asleep, but to no avail. Not going to (laughs) happen. No. I brush my teeth. I go in there. The best part is that I pick up a book that I've been reading for a few years, and (laughs) it seems like years. I pick up a book, and I look at the page, and I don't even read a single sentence. (laughs) And I go, you know what? And I ear dog it, and I throw it down. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm fucking super tired. I'm just going to go to sleep. So, all right, so that makes you the victim <laughs> and I the victor. Because I'm getting these, you know, these sweet Z's, bro. Sweet Z's. <laughs> <laughs> all right, good. Well, I'm glad we could uh, maintain that segment. I don't, I almost forgot. So that's the yeah. first one. All right, so every week we'll do a victim or victor. <laughs> okay. Uh, brilliant. You're the best. I love you. Okay, I love you. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.